Hello, and thanks for coming along to And We Have an Office Doc, the digital agency podcast where we talk to agency owner directors and learn more about what makes them tick. From the things that make them similar to the things they'd rather have known sooner, where they've had success, and where they've learned some hard lessons. All will be revealed with your host, Chris Simmons, the agency coach, and he'll be talking to a different awesome agency person in each episode, asking them four questions and seeing where the conversation takes us over the next 25 minutes. Okay, so let us begin. Over to you, Chris. Thanks, voiceover guy. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this week we've got Andrew from Kyomi. He's the founder, uh, South Africa and UK-based digital marketing agency. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Not too bad, thank you. First and foremost, give us a plug. Who is Kyomi? What is Kyomi? Why is Kyomi? And where is Kyomi? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, Kyomi is a digital performance agency, uh, specifically focusing on Google optimizations, specifically pay-per-click and SEO. And uh, we are a global business uh, reaching across uh, different regions with our team mostly based in South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, who, who we are is just a group of passionate people who have found a way to work together in this <laughs> called an agency. And um, yeah, somehow turn that into a commercial business. And just, yeah, we get to do some really good work with our different clients. Uh, our, our passion really is just helping brands scale. We, initially, when we started, we did a lot of work with startups mm -hmm. and found quite a niche space in South Africa where startups uh, needed a specific amount of you know, help and acceleration in the Google space. So that's really what got it started. More so now, I think our niche is really like large listing sites. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of work with sites that have large inventory, spend a lot of money on Google ads, help them reduce those costs or increase their ROI mm -hmm. for that. And the, the mission, the thing that we, we're really keen to achieve is by tapping into global markets, we believe that we can create more employment coming from South Africa, being South African. We know the, the, the poverty and the challenges uh, mm -hmm. within a third world country like that. So we're doing whatever we can to enter global markets and then create jobs uh, back home for me, which is South Africa. But yeah, that's us. Very noble. And also uh, having had a, um, a bit of an insight into the agency previously, I, I, I know that you actually mean that, which is lovely. So how long how long's uh, the agency been running for? Yeah, so five, five years. Uh, been running just a long five, five years, years or a short five years? I think it was a it was a quick first three years, <laughs> and then year four and five were a bit longer. We had this grand idea to launch into the UK or just mm -hmm. to go global, and yeah, that that was pretty tough. I think it's it's launching into a new region and still running your yeah. initial core business is quite a challenge. But yeah, it's been a good five years. It has yeah, there's been times that have gone faster than others. Um, but we are here nonetheless. So on to the questions then, Andrew. You, hopefully you're ready for these because I've, I've modified them so that they're evil questions in this. <laughs> they're not, they're not, don't worry. <laughs> for those of you listening, you can't see his face, uh, but it was worth every second of it. Um, so 
what do you feel over the last five years, uh, those three short and two long years, uh, do you feel was has been uh, one of the biggest successes that you, you guys have enjoyed? Yeah, so I actually got to pose this um, question to uh, my co-founder when we were just in prepping. Mm -hmm. And essentially, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd say the the reality, like the actual moment of huge success was we made a typo on an email that we sent out. So we had to get back to the client on pricing. And the way I worded the pricing was uh, a little bit ambiguous and unclear. And they came back and said, is that monthly or annually? And we were like, well, if they're asking the question, maybe they're open to oh my like God. a price increase. Yeah. And it pretty much enabled us to start playing in the price game that we thought we were, you know, we could never get into. And essentially the business just grew from that moment. So I think it was just capitalizing on a on a mistake and realizing that there was we were probably worth a lot more than we mm. realized at the stage. I'd say that was a big moment of success is just coming to know that what we were doing and the scale of what we were doing in yeah. other people's eyes was a lot bigger than ourselves. Mm. But the the more like fun or more what's the word polite answer would probably be like client retention. Like I think we're pretty good at nah, that. Ah, that's the boring answer. Um, the Ty boring answer. Uh, typo that made you rich is brilliant. Yeah. So hopefully we make some more typos on that that are ambiguous and, and um, grow from there. And then yeah, just really, I think just in the last year it's really been growing up and just be, being a lot more mature. Um, I myself am currently only 28 years old. So you go through a lot of life whilst running the business mm. and gr growing up at certain stages, like the, often the business is limited by you as a founder. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the recent successes and the, the like we're picking up a lot of momentum on is really just been a personal journey of just yeah. growing up and dealing with your own personal baggage and yeah, so that's three things. So, so, so I think I think the um, I think the lesson there is is to pay yourself or or not pay yourself or charge what you think you're worth or try at least until you hit that resistance barrier, and uh, and and accept that you're going to learn a lot along the way. I suppose, and that's why that's why some of the years are harder than others. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think on the on the pricing one, sometimes people can value what you do. <laughs> as higher than you're willing to mm. understand like you're you're within a thermometer so you, you you would feel like that's you know expensive or that's yeah. getting really well paid and if i look back now at what we initially charged to what we're charging now with clients um yeah i, I wouldn't have changed what we charged initially mm. i think there was a lot to learn but i think we were still we we're giving incredible value to to our early stage clients and yeah, pushing that and also being open-ended with pricing mm -hmm. to, to keep pushing that really helps because in an agency, like your price point determines quite a lot, like your rate of growth, your, your yeah, cash yeah. generation, uh, that, that typo, that mistake allowed us to start generating, you know, a full month's cash flow within two months at a time. So we became very profitable and I think that really allowed us to grow. And if we never got that pricing right, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have scaled to where we are now. Fantastic. So, if you could go back five or so years and talk to the younger, definitely uh, more sprightly version of yourself and your co-founder Jern, um, what would you tell each other? What what advice would you, if you could get in your time machine uh, and give some advice, what one thing would you say? 
yeah i'd say don't rush it like go go slow i think that's more so for myself um but i think i had in starting it i had this picture that you know on certain days and just like personal goals it's like on certain days you want to be somewhere mm. so i had uh, personally i had really like defined goals of when i turn 28 what i want things to look like and here i am and my goals now are very different <laughs> they were and like yeah it was like buy a property you know um have a kid things like that which are more personal goals but the business has to be at a certain place to make it happen so i would say not rushing things okay probably would have been better every single decision that we thought we had to make quickly in hindsight we could have delayed it and mostly saved a lot of money on things that just were inefficient and you know crazy things like you try to diversify after two years trying to add a new like service offering yeah there was no rush and i think looking back now yeah we can see that very clearly but in the same light going slow actually allows you to go faster because you focus on the basics yeah you focus on documentation contracts um, cash flow getting those things right like suddenly the business picks up and we've been through stages in the last while where it's moving faster than i could actually predict and understood yeah. and understand so that's been a big one and i think if i think if you um if you there's an argument for for both sides of the coin here but i think at the right times is when you can go fast so some decisions you just shouldn't make slowly but other things when it comes to uh getting those basics like you say right um they're essential for growth you can't you can't grow without them uh you get you can up to a certain point but as soon as you get to certain sort of there's resistance barriers isn't there within within agency land uh and that you hit those resistance barriers and then you have to slow down and it costs money to build these things that that you didn't already have because you just can't move further without them yeah and um, so is there anything that you kind of regret that you uh, regret that you've done or wish you would have done sooner over the years? Yeah, so <clears throat> like in talking around the different speed and the pace of growth, mm. prior to COVID and when COVID, the first year of COVID in lockdown, um, we actually did very well as a business. Initially, we thought, as per everyone did, we thought the world was going to end. But once once we rallied together and we had some phenomenal and still have some phenomenal clients who just mm -hmm. stood by us and yeah like they didn't even flinch like when COVID hits and that really gave us a lot of certainty um, and yeah everyone everyone really pulled through that but I think the pace of change for us through that was we really reassessed a lot of things and coming out of COVID I'd say the best decision we made which we didn't do earlier was to actually hire an in-house recruiter so mm. through the process of, of COVID we basically doubled down on our HR process and we got an in-house recruiter uh, full-time just working on, on getting us the, the right talent and the right fits and then we employed a um, <clears throat> or contracted a an amazing executive coach to come in and work with the business and he was involved in the business uh, at the highest stage I think it was three days a week mm -hmm. and we just realized like an agency is fundamentally the people within it there is yeah. There, yeah. there is nothing more like your usp is um is really just the quality of the people that you have and your ability to treat them right and you can have good rp or good tech or 
uh, a nice slogan and that, but clients are <laughs> going to come with you for the people that you have, yeah, the yeah. people that are there, you know, attract more clients than that. So for us, I think the one thing we should have done earlier was hire a recruiter. Like we were terrible at recruitment. If I look at us trying to do it without, without having someone who had the skills, yeah. It was like, I apologize to everyone who went through our recruitment process before that. Like we tried to do it really well, but I think there's so many people we missed in that process just because um, we were quite like, we, we thought we knew what we wanted and mm. we were very, we made a lot of decisions based on the scope of where we were, our mindsets, not looking into other cities. And yeah, so recruiter, huge, huge one. I mean, every single agency at the moment is battling with retention. Yeah, I know that that's a fact. Uh, so a good way to solve that is really to get to double down on your HR budget for it, appreciate it, and get involved. In yeah, like you say, the people are the backbone of the business, and not just in the getting the stuff done perspective. So you're quite right there, and having the right people uh, at the right stage of the business is is essential. And and uh, it's really important, isn't it, that you don't hire just cheap because. You, I, I always say you buy cheap, you buy twice. You end up having problems that that, that you didn't expect. Um, I used to be terrible at recruiting as well because I think that um, you look at it, like you say, from a very internal point of view um, and it's very one-dimensional. So you don't often necessarily know whether something something's right and your gut just says, I need someone right now. Uh, and having a um, either an external company on a retainer or having um, a, an internal person is, is, is a game changer, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. I think we wouldn't. Yeah, we would. The business wouldn't have moved forward if that. That and having, what is really a big move, and we've we we figuring out how to keep it going, is we do a lot of uh, like one-on-one -on -one personal coaching from an exterior point of view. So mm -hmm. we have um, a external provider, Apex Coaching, that. Uh, coaches our staff before they actually start working with us mm. so while they're in their notice period uh, from their previous um, employment or if they were taking a break and getting back in they, they go through a series of sessions um, that are pretty structured and driven around understanding the culture they're coming into and we talk about this concept like we want people to hit the ground running but we don't really do anything to enable that so putting that together and having a recruiter literally means we hit the ground running and we're having staff now who've been in the company for like 20 days 30 days literally transforming processes mm. like winning um a lot of credibility with clients and a lot of that's happened because of the recruitment process and i think initially we thought that we just had so many limiting beliefs mm. like we thought we were like good at certain things and we thought like it was impossible to hire people in a certain area and no one out there was trained it was just all these stories that really yeah, yeah, yeah. are involved but yeah. and, and, and you've learned from that which is a good thing so is there anything that you've kind of learned apart from the recruiting side of things anything you've kind of learned the hard way that that you kind of think oh, I had to learn it the hard way otherwise it wouldn't be so successful now yeah, I think I think this podcast is not long enough to talk. About <laughs> but yeah, true. I could. I probably, I probably wouldn't have the, the patience to write a book, but I yeah I could probably write a, a short book on it. And yeah, I think I think a lot of it has just been learning to allow other people to speak into your life mm -hmm. and realizing that that you have potential and you are good at something, but being stubborn and being stuck on a certain idea 
really limits you to a certain number of outcomes. Mm. But as soon as you allow other voices and other people around you uh, to you know, speak into your life so that you can be vulnerable and, and deal with those things, I would say that's been, that's been huge. So for me, it's been like the one key thread is I've had a, uh, a good friend who's coached me for about eight years. And it's really helped because in that over a long period of time, you go through like different stages mm. where you think it's necessary and not necessary. But having that theme throughout, I think it's really helped. Um, and probably the, yeah, the biggest mistake is trying to be like, no, I can do this. And mm. I don't need outside opinion. Uh, somehow at 24 years old, are no better than yeah, everyone yeah. else out there. Well, you think that you think uh, you do at the time anyway, regardless of how how much coaching you get. You, it's, I think that's an inbuilt uh, yeah. thing. Uh, everyone everyone up to about thirty thinks that they're invincible and the best at everything all the time. Yeah, so still yeah, still working through that. But I think that's yeah, that's been a big one. There's been some decisions uh, that we made on there. Uh, other little points like contracts, mm. getting contracts, spending a lot of time discussing contracts, talking through the contract with your staff or your provider, uh, ironing out every possible scenario on those contracts, improving your contracts consistently, mm. huge help. Uh, we didn't do it before. It's just missed expectations if you don't outline that. If it's not documented, it's just, you know, I said, she said, he said, and yeah. people get hurt at that. Um, so people who are listening to this some of them may be uh in employment right now but looking to start their own digital agency and uh they're they're asking they're saying andrew andrew give me one piece of advice before i start my digital agency uh so what is that advice yeah my answer is slightly uh influenced by a previous individual you had on the show <laughs> i love the way i love the way ross answered it but um yeah i would say an agency is a means to an end and understanding that's really crucial before you start it. Mm -hmm. um, having an idea to build an agency <coughs> to retire or, or, you know, unfortunately die running an agency, uh, which could happen from stress. Sometimes it feels like you can, but that's why, that's why digital agency coaches like Chris Evans <laughs> exist. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say, I would say just get very clear about what you wanted to do for you. The best stories I've seen and the story that um, of journey that I'm on now is that running an agency gets you to a point where you're then able to go and launch a business or a product or something thereafter. Mm -hmm. And there's skills you learn in running an agency that are super transferable to everything else. But I do think there's a start and an end date to being involved in agency life. And for, for a lot of people employed within an agency, they'll, they might be toying with going in-house or you know, doing their own thing or going to freelance and that. But I think what's key in this whole industry is, is understanding that you know, things grow and things die, things end, um, and going through that cycle. So yeah, I would say if you're gonna start an agency, start working on an exit plan when you start it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that sounds so, pretty crazy, but it's- It doesn't, you're, it you're, doesn't at all. You're gonna run out of juice at some point because so, yeah, I mean, I, I always say uh, you start with the end in mind, whether that's a three year strategy or whether that's a exit plan. Uh, and these days you should probably never start anything new without knowing how you're going to end it. Um, 
And that might be, I'm going to build an agency for acquisition. And fair enough, if that's what you want to do, it might be, I'm going to build an agency so I can learn some stuff and spin up uh, a fantastic SaaS tool. Um, it might be, it could be anything, but if you do, if you start an agency kind of on a, I can do it better than the agency I'm working at mindset, um, doesn't necessarily spell long-term success. Um, if you know where you're going, then you know how to get there. Yeah, 100%. I think one of the key takeaways from running an agency is that, and it's a good concept in terms of running a business, people talk about using other people's money. And in running an agency, you get to spend other people's money and see what works and what doesn't work. So if you're considering launching a product or being a serial entrepreneur, or in, in entertaining this idea of entrepreneurship. Mm. Working in an, a small agency or starting an agency is a great way to get a grassroots understanding on that cycle of how to grow a business without the risk of everything involved in actually launching a product. So I'd say if you are coming out of an agency, if you've, if you've run an agency for five years, six years, I think you, you have a lot of potential to do something else if you've done that well. And it really gears you for other things in life. Like it's, mm. it's a really good incubator. It's almost like if you didn't have the time or the finances, like myself, yeah. to go do an MBA. Like <laughs> running running an yeah. agency <laughs> is pretty much like an MBA that you, just you literally in the face every you single day. You took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, I often say it's the most expensive MBA you'll ever do. Um, but by far, um, the, the, the things that you can learn in running an agency are incredible. Um, the things that you definitely wish you hadn't done uh, is a book like you say. So um, yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, now, drawing to an end, uh, what do you think has been one of the kind of most powerful growth tools or channels that that the agency has deployed and used to, that has really pushed things forward beyond a typo in an email? Yeah, I would say, our, well, it's our marketing strategy, since we're a marketing company, is to uh, not do marketing. <laughs> no, uh, I would say it's events. I think events, okay. has been, events has been a key game changer for us. Not necessarily running them, but just attending and learning how to elevate a pitch to mm -hmm. clients. I think that's given us um, growth hacks that have moved us significantly forward mm. on certain spaces and only chatting to the decision makers on certain things. I think there's a lot of marketing effort out there that goes to people who aren't the decision makers. So yeah. I think if you're going to growth hack it, just, just go talk to the person who's going to make the decision at the yeah. end of the day and just be bold, like learn how to sell. If you're an agency owner, you, you, I mean, you're gonna learn a lot of things, but. <laughs> yeah, thank the that's one extra thing on the list, everyone. Yeah, thankfully I learned, uh, I had to do a bit of cold calling and like sales stuff prior to all of this. Mm. So all of that came in super handy. So I would say like, go work in a call center for three months before you start <laughs> an agency, because that's so, what you're gonna be doing. So you first. heard it here first, folks, uh, before you go in to live your dream of an agency owner, go live your nightmare as a call center uh, handler. Yeah, and when, especially when things aren't looking good and you've got payroll to run, uh, suddenly you gotta start phoning people and, mm -hmm. and get things done. Yeah, okay. have some doors slammed in your face, so to speak. So thank you very much for joining us today, Andrew. 
very much in a very good conversation and, and, and as ever, as honest as, as you usually are. Um, so thank you. Um, in the next podcast, we'll have another digital agency owner director of the awesome variety. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Speak to you later.